This week's Dynasty Time podcast is brought to you by underserved high school special ed teachers making the right of us rest of us look good by comparison. Want some salty water, underprivileged teens? No, I'm not giving it to you for free. That's ridiculous. Oh, I forgot your special education. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't get it. This one didn't really. Uh, we need it. Really I feel like Lance's delivery and what he had in his mind when he wrote it matters <laughs> with that. We hope you enjoy the show this week. Thank you to our sponsor. What just happened? Welcome to the Dynasty Time Podcast. This is the week three recap. Scott is here along with my co-host, uh, Logan. Logan, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It was See, a big it's not even three. comfortable coming off your lips. You still want to say Dan, so I know I'm, I'm it, still there. It, it's me. more uncomfortable because I don't really want to talk to Logan this week, given I, 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 what's I'm, coming. I, excuse me. Excuse me. I was trying what? to introduce myself to everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here with you after an exciting weekend for the NWL. I'm looking forward to this discussion this evening. Back to you. Back to you. Uh, we also have Dan here. Hey. Dan, we, we heard from you. Uh, and we have a special guest this week. We have first place uh, 2020 Dynasty Time champion, although that doesn't even count because that was in the historical league i got um, it luke luke is here the misfits owner how's it going luke it's going good i mean it, it was just as cringy being on the pod listening to logan introduce himself than it is listening in my car driving to work every morning when, when i listen to pods so this is brutal <laughs> Amen. wow raving endorsements from everybody <laughs> about the pod i love it I, I try my hardest for everyone here uh, we had some we had some fun discussion in the uh, the chat this week, and a lot of it had to do with Logan being kind of a dick, um, but that's okay. Uh, the the thing I'd like to point out is Paul was also trying to kind of one up Logan, but he scored seventy points. So I just want to make that clear that he is very cocky for sucking. I would like to understand what I did that was actually so dickish. We would need a longer podcast. I mean, listen, I, I, I cede my time to the gentleman from Minnesota. Please explain what I did that was so offensive. Logan, we love you. Just shut up, all right? Let's move on. That was a good segue into the first matchup, Scott, if you want Boom. to go there right away. Let's do it. I got to find what it is. Dan, you're going to do the first matchup. I'll do the so first you, one. Yeah, you, you do it. I heard primetime, the 3-0 and primetime. Wow. That is that is surprising. I think this matchup was was surprising to me. Two both of these teams combining to be five and one after three weeks. Primetime C City Boston. If I'm not mistaken, it came down to a Jimmy G interception that knocked uh, C City out from the lead. I, I can't remember exactly when that happened and if that was the only player left in the game, but uh, it's very possible that that cost uh, C City 
a three and zero start to the season. Um, honestly, I don't know about either of these teams moving forward. I think, yes, they had some, they have some potential upside. They have some injury concerns. Who doesn't? Uh, I do want to talk about C city though. I mean, we've, we've had C city's kind of been up and down over the years. To me, this C city team, this less than 70 point effort looks to me about the worst this team will do this year. When you consider Jamar chase nine points, Mixon five points, um, you know, so some other options there as well. So I think C-City looks pretty good going forward. And then prime time, understandably, Justin Jefferson with 2.9 points. That will change. The defense, 0.00 points. Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's not going to get it done for them. Uh, two decent teams. But again, like Scott said, 70.15 points is not a whole lot to be bragging about when uh, one of your league mates basically doubles you up. So. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. My only question about this game is who the hell is Sky Moore? Is that a person? Sleeper. He had, min- he had minus two points. Deep so. sleeper. Deep <laughs> sleeper. He was he was he was actually, I think, rated kinda high, you know, for no one knowing who he was coming into the season because no one knew KC's wide receivers. Uh, uh-huh. I want to say C said, yep, they spent an eighth round pick on Sky Moore. Wow. So we'll see how long he stays on that roster. Perfect. All right. Well, our next matchup, uh, Dan can't talk about. I can't talk about. So we had to give it to Logan. Logan, over to you. Yes, thank you. Um, Corncob TV scored 80.55 points this week to move to one and two after getting the victory over Dan's 2X shitty team who scored 66.13 points and falls to 0-3 on the season. Well, they don't call him the best color man in the business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's for the fan to decide. I think <laughs> I think the younger and more wiser brother should uh, chime in on this matchup. You know, first thing I notice is uh, Corn Cob TDs. Scott, when is the plug going to get pulled on Darnell Mooney? Is that this week, <laughs> or when's that happening? No, you know, he's working hard in practice. He's doing all the right things. He's great in the community. Um, you know, so we've, we've given him chance after chance. You know, three points is pretty good. It's better than point one. So, yeah, I mean, 27 yards over three games might not cut it moving forward. But, yeah, improving for sure. To be fair, he's, he was the best option for me at wide receiver this week. So, that is true. Doesn't look much better on the bench. That is true. Oh boy, this is not good. Uh, yeah, my team sucks. Dan is maybe Even tanking, worse. maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, had talked, I had talked to Dan about this earlier. I mean, I'm two and one, and there's I would trade my team with Dan in a second. There's, there's, there's not many holes top to bottom in terms of guys who are on the field playing production. He does seem to be really underperforming. Underperforming, but for sure. On paper, that is a good that is a good football team. I love to overpromise and underdeliver. That's like I'm a sales guy. Like, what do you expect? Perfect. All right, that's enough about us. Misfits uh, goes to two and one, as we maybe mentioned. Eighty five points takes down League Camps, who falls to one and two, uh, losing. Well, they're on one loss streak. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Misfits, 85 points. That's pretty good. Jamal Williams. We'll talk about him. 
Uh, but Nick Chubb continues to do his thing. Uh, Tom Brady continues to be very underwhelming. Uh, so some issues here, but you know, 85 yeah. points is nothing to sneeze at. I think Tom is, uh, give him a few weeks when he gets his boys back. I think it'll be a little different story with how many points he's points he's putting up and we'll figure out. Hopefully I can figure out the situation at receiver. I mean, Jerry duty, hopefully was looked upon to be a starter, but Matthew Hackett and Russell Wilson can kick rocks right now. So we'll see what happens. Can we actually talk about that team for a second? <laughs> I was going to say, well, I was going to say that game. That, yeah, like, sure. That team. The team, the game, the coach, the subway commercial. It is it's, so – how are they bad? Like, it's it impossible to understand how bad of a coach this Hackett guy is. And it's painful because, he, I mean, he's a Packer guy. He was the offensive coordinator for the reigning two-time MVP. You think he would be good at his job, but he is it, – it's actually difficult to watch him try to coach a game. Well – even watching the game though, too, Russell Wilson had some throws that, like, you were like, "What? What is he doing?" Like, air milling guys throwing footballs into the turf. Like, it was just ugly. Did it's you hear crazy. that they had they had to hire an extra coach to tell Hackett what to do during the game? Like, did you did you notice that? Yeah, I wonder if it was just the plea the plea to get Aaron over, hire Hackett, and hope to God that Aaron's trade stuff went through that. He was gonna go, and now it's just backfiring in their face. But it still shouldn't because you're still you're still rolling out Russell Wilson. You have Javante Williams in your backfield with, you know, that is- Gary Judy, Cortland Sutton with a hell of a defense on their side, playing in an awesome environment in Denver, and you're still losing and looking like shit. Not good. It's the- crazy because Russell Wilson's been such an accurate passer, like, yeah, forever, right? I mean, we're all Badgers, like from the bat from his time in Wisconsin, like just incredible accuracy in and out of the pocket. And he, it's not like he's been like declining. Last year was bad because Seattle was just a joke and they tanked. Two years ago, I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson was still one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. I think two of the, two of the last three years, uh, Lockett and Metcalf were both top 10 receivers in right. fantasy. And now right. he, he's got Sutton and Judy. I mean, plus two good running backs, allegedly. Well, yeah. that's, the, that's the most appalling part of all this. Russell Wilson aside, it's the abhorrent misuse of a backfield when everyone understands that Javante Williams, who I've been a huge fan of for years, is like the most talented player on from a running back position on that team by a mile. All due respect to to Melvin Gordon. Yeah. But in the most important parts of the game, you're trotting out there, not Javante Williams, for part of those key drives, not even Melvin Gordon. But whoever that Boone idiot was. Yeah, Boone had 16% of snaps on that game. 16%. In what, like, I don't, it's, it's, it's not even about fantasy football. It's not even about Javante Williams scoring. It's not even about the stupid prop bets that he made on the game. It is just a crime against football that he's allowed to coach that team. <laughs> wow. You seem angry. I, you know, well, you know what I am. Actually. I will say one thing: me and Logan had some money in that game, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the Broncos oh, minute. Uh, moving on. Yeah, there you go. I want to go back to the matchup though, and we're gonna we'll get to the trades because I think we saved the both misfits made a trade before last week. Camps made a trade today, so we'll talk about those later. Um, but I know I called this out maybe last week or the week before. Nick Chubb, I think, would you take him? At end of the first round, first pick of the second round, 
I think first, second. first of the second. Yeah. yeah, that I mean that turns out to be a really good thing. I mean, it was kind of a weird spot. Your last pick of the first round was Tom Brady, and it's yeah. a weird spot to be in. Uh, but hitting on Nick Chubb there was huge for you. And I know you you're convinced that you're not going to make any moves to try to go for this, but I know you're not going to give up because this is a pretty solid looking team, no, especially absolutely. now with Jamal Williams over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, some idiot gave him to you. Um, you know, it's well, it could work it's the out. Divisional outlook too. Yeah. which I, we can get into later a little bit too. We talk about the trades and stuff, but when, yeah, the division all up with, with the division we have, you got four teams who have very awkward and weird teams that kind of all have a shot. That'd be like interesting. Uh, Dan, let's, let's move on to birds of prey and Bobby FC. All right. So this was an OG matchup, right? These are two originals from 17, 18 years ago. That is true. Who, Go who have been in this league for, uh, more than half of their lives, as I like to put it, um, which is which is please stop putting it that way. Awesome and, and kind of sad at the same time, but mostly awesome. Um, but yeah, these were two of my favorite teams. I think from the beginning of the season, um, obviously not without holes and question marks. They have some injury concerns now, but both have a lot of depth. I, I'm I'm kind of yeah. The matchup was the matchup. It was close, mid '80s, kind of what we come to expect. But I just think looking forward, we have a lot of options on both of these teams to build a good roster. Bobby FC, Keenan Allen didn't play his number one wide receiver, and he gets the win. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is an awesome piece in this league, especially. Um, and then on the other side with Birds, he's got Dak, you know, on the shelf right now. He had Adam Thielen on his bench. 15 points. I would love to ask him, uh, Adam Thielen versus Gabriel Davis. What was the decision there? Because that that would have flipped the matchup. Uh, one of the first ones I can remember being this kind of not obvious. It's never obvious, but hey, wow, that was an interesting call. If you ask me, when you have uh, you know Bills against the good good Dolphins D, and then you got the Lions Vikings shootout. So interesting on that one. What do you think on that one, Luke? Um, I, I mean, I can kind of see why you're all at Davis. You're with the Bills high octane offense. I'm pretty sure. Josh Allen had, oh, it's right here. He had, I mean, he had 400 yards and two touchdowns. You know, you're telling me that before the game that he's putting those stat, that stat line up. I'm probably, I'm probably putting Davis out there too. And Thielen was, Thielen was not very productive first games. I think that was his first touchdown. Um, yeah. In week first three season. there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can kind of see it. I mean, hindsight now, you, you kind of wish you could make the, make the trade change, but you know, it's, it's a flip of a coin at that point. I think. You know, as such a diehard Vikings fan, I had you know I had to promote my guy. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. I mean, I didn't realize Allen had 400 yards. They just seem to have so many freaking weapons, right? Devin yeah. Singletary on Bobby's bench, right, goes off for 20 points with only nine carries, but he had nine catches for 78 yards uh, and a touchdown. So yeah, just I, I get it. Davis is a good player, and I, I guess I I'm not saying he made an egregious decision necessarily, but. Definitely would have flipped the match up there with that 10 point swing. Birds of Prey goes to one and two, and they have the third most points in the league. So, wow. still, still on watching out for Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to swap it over to Logan to talk about the Green Hell Jutane Clan matchup. Yes. And a happy freaking new year it is for the Jutane Clan who score a very nice 69 points, led by Eno, Benjamin, and Dontrell Hilliard. 
<laughs> to get the victory and surprisingly move to two and one on the the year. Happy Rosh Hashanah indeed to that team. On the other side of the field, though, the Green Hell mightily struggling once once again. The 49ers defense leading the way, scoring 11 points to a team that only scored 57 points in total. It is a rough, rough time for the Green Hell, who I don't know if they are Jewish, but they probably have about five days to convert because this team has a lot to atone for. Back to you. Felt that. I felt that coming. I thought that was beautiful. Uh, Eli Benjamin or whatever sounds like a Jew, so I, he's the only thing that he wins on uh, Rosh Hashanah. Very nice win there for David and went dropping to 69. I want to say 57, though, for a team that's actually, I don't think, this bad. That feels like one of the worst performances of the season. Not necessarily due to his ownership, but more so the performance of the players on the field. I mean, I that, mean, you, you go to the scoreboard on the website. I mean, we talk about the projections all we want, but like every player is red. It's a bad sign. One look at it, you can tell they underperformed there. Yeah. Not good. When you look at the Mike Gusecki 1.6 with Njoku on his bench, 23.9, I have no idea how those guys would have been ranked coming into the week, but that just hurts right in the loins. I mean, that is a gut punch to have that guy sitting on your bench. But, hey, that's what happens when you have tight ends in this league. Random dudes, the 18th-ranked tight end will go off in a given week and – It'll either win you the matchup or you won't have started him because why would you? Speaking of tight ends, uh, we have another sponsor today. Um, the Dynasty Time Podcast is proud to be sponsored by the phrase, to be fair. When you want to say, that's bullshit and you're wrong, but you live in Minnesota, to be fair. Thoughts? Anybody? That's the amount of times I say that in my life. Every single day, given my job, it's it's rather <laughs> yeah, rather remarkable. That's I'm gonna cool. say I'm gonna say oh, maybe over a hundred. Honestly, if I have a busy call day, it's sad. But I'm gonna think of that every time. So thanks, Lance. There we go. Uh, speaking of Lance, let's talk about Lance and the most dis. I mean, wow, I am just pissed off at freelancers right now. They go and score sixty four points thanks to just an atrocious quarterback play from Stafford and the aforementioned Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, they sucked. I don't know what to talk about with them, but let's, let's move over to five, a bastards who may have saved their season, moved to one and two, uh, you know, have scored a lot of points. They're probably in the top half of the league, but this week scored 111 uh, Saquon Cordell Patterson, who I don't know about you guys. When he got picked, I was like, what, why were we waiting to pick him? Did we think he was, last year was not a thing? Uh, but 111 points is very solid in this league. And so, Derek, I'm proud of you. One and two. Let's do this. Yeah. I will say for Derek, too, the, uh, a second W on the weekend for Derek, who made the decision to not watch the Badger-Ohio State game. So <laughs> he, really, he really hit it out of the park on all fronts. And well, So well done, buddy. I'd like to point out that Lance's bench would have outscored like eight teams in the yep. league. Uh, in season management. Incredible. 60, 60 points. And the, the crazy thing is, I mean, you're never going to bench Tyreek Hill. So even if you swap in Devontae Smith for Garrett Wilson, he doesn't win the week. Um, so I, there's nothing he could have done really differently to 
111 points, as we've been talking about, is a, is a great score now, right? So that's huge for Derek. I think the perception of Derek's team, think about if this Derek team goes to 0-3 versus 1-2. and I mean, night and day, right? Now the team looks incredible. His bench scored. He had multiple double-digit scores on his bench in addition to the 111 he actually scored. So this team now at 1-2 and two looks like it could be dangerous if he gets that kind of quarterback play out of Trevor Lawrence. Good stuff. Uh, let's send it over to Logan to talk about Blue 32 and Little Buff Boys. Yes, Little Buff Boys get their first victory on the year on a, a truly fantastic performance all around from their team. Ryan Tannehill bounces back after an appalling week two to get him 15 points, paired with star player for the Little Buff Boys, their face of their franchise, Joe Burrow, who scored 18. Across the board, strong performance all around, putting up almost 130 points. Little Buff Boys have to be feeling good about where they sit. On the other side of the token, though, Blue 32 falls to 0-3 after another quite abysmal performance. Across the board, disappointment. I, I caught up with Blue 32 owner Brian Pizer after the game and asked him how much money he was planning on spending of his budget to pick up Brian Hoyer this week after his only quarterback got hurt. He responded by telling me to go fuck myself. Back to you. <laughs> Wait, you actually got a hold of Brian? That would be remarkable. Um, hey, honorary Jew Paul Rossman. I think when I met Paul for the first time a few years back, I think I asked Scott like many times, is Paul the Jewish one? Oh, no, that's Elster. Sorry. Okay. But honorary Jew Paul Rossman drops buck, eight, buck 27 on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, big time there. Love it. Eagles D, 20 points. You got to love that shit, right? If this team looks actually pretty good. Like they're they're better than one and two, right? Uh, I think I think yeah, Luke, I mean, I think Luke can enlighten us because I, I think, think Luke. Knows I think more we're about learning very quickly through this it. podcast here that if you want actual football analysis, there's I am not the right time, brother, to have on. To <laughs> no, I think Luke, who actually coaches the sport for a living, should give us his analysis. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a good squad. It's not much. Not much to it. I, I, Kittle will eventually get rolling here, and yeah, the trade though, right? Like it, we'll get there. But again, he draws a buck twenty-seven and trades his best quarterback. I, I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna. I think question. I might have missed. I think I might have missed a trade today. I don't really know what yeah, that one. Was. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was traded, so we'll we'll get to that. Um, interesting. In a, in what we got one match of Westcott or two. I don't know where we are. Uh, we we have one. one left, and you got it. It's. Oh, we don't even need to talk NWL. about it. We don't. Yeah, we can we skip this one. About it. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, no, fine. Fuck it. I'll I'll talk about Logan and Krapies. Uh NWL spanks Krapies all over the Dynasty Time field. Um, scary as shit performance out of NWO here. Um, again, the bench would have outscored like six or seven other teams. So that's fun for all of us. Uh, Krapies. Underperform? I mean, Mark Andrews, I mean, shit. I'm just going to say it. What a fucking pick by Craig. Um, not 29 points out of Mark Andrews. Uh, if the rest of the team would have showed up in any way, would have been fine. I distinctly remember on draft night him deciding on Jared Goff and how much he knew he would hate that pick. He's been fine for the first two weeks. Not that he was terrible, but 
nine points, not going to get it done. And then Carson Wentz with five. Uh, but if this is as bad as it gets for Propies, I mean, shit, we're all we're all screwed. So um, that's all I got. And Luke, you want to talk some shit about your brother's amazing team? You don't even have to look. Just I mean, assume it's, it's Yo Johan. Don't mess with the Johan. Only scored two points when you're rolling out Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and, and with this league, Travis Kelsey. There's there's not much you really need to do. You got three guys who are gonna put up. 60 60 40 every week you can just pencil the rest in with whatever and you're gonna get wins it is i will say i don't i I forget if i like properly called this out or some people missed it but um it is interesting though if you just look at my defense and my two quarterbacks i would have beaten most of the teams this week just by like playing those three (laughs) yeah Anyway. Of course, of course, your defense put up twenty points. <laughs> yeah, like as if you needed that. Like great. Well, well and if, if if Monty if Montgomery's out, you're looking at Khalil Herbert who yeah, gets the ball, who can run. Who, oh yeah, don't yeah. My bench my bench did lots of points too. Did you see I mean, that, guys? Herbert's a top a top ten running back with Montgomery's out. So I mean, he's ninth in fantasy points so far this year, and he's a back tackling the two in Chicago. He's got forty seven fantasy points. So he's ranked ninth out of for of all running backs. So, yeah, it's not good. Well, there you go. An extended recap this week um, on the Dynasty Time podcast, which is brought to you by Edgewood College. For when your special ed students graduate and are ready for the next step, <laughs> go Eagles. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so low. <laughs> All right, Lance redeemed himself. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's great. Sorry, Luke, but that's uh, no, I love hilarious. it. I love it. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> what All an right. asshole! So. <laughs> that's so good. I Logan said I listened to the advertisements last week, and Logan told Logan was telling me how he told him what I did. I'm like, dude, he's, I don't know how he's going to spin this, but these, these are good. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I hope I'm doing it justice with my, <clears throat> I'm trying to deadpan the ad reads as much as I can, but yeah, the Lance delivery is hard to, yeah, it is, mimic, but yeah, he's sick doing, or something. Doing so the best I can. We'll give him a break till next week. Uh, so let's move on to some of our deeper topics this week. Uh, and we always start with our guest and that's uh, Luke this week. We've, we've talked a bit about the team. I think we should talk about uh, your trade as well as some other trades um, as, I, as I pull up what the hell happened this week because we've had a bunch of trades, actually. Go us. Um, but the big one, obviously, is Jamal Williams. So, Luke, do you want to you know, take us through the thought process of giving up a seventh-round pick for the best running back in the league? Just leave. No, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> I just got a I just got a dog last week, so she, she barking at me. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh yeah, walk us through the, the Jamal Williams. I mean, trade. right now, this exact second I can tell you I'm an absolute genius, but that would be completely lie. Um no, I mean it worked out. It was one of the more civil trade conversations I've had in the last month in this Slack group chat with Dan. Um I needed it. I was looking for around a seventh to ninth round running back. Uh, I didn't want to sell anything 
ahead of that uh, in terms of rounds of picks because I know there's a good chance I'm probably not going to win it this year, but I still want to stay competitive. And Jamal Williams' first two weeks had about, uh, I think he had two touchdowns. He was about 35% uh, percentage on the field, and yeah, he was available. So it worked out really well now, but I, I definitely didn't expect to uh, have Swift go down and have a have a top-tier back now starting moving forward over the next couple of weeks. And to Dan's defense, as Dan said, Dan was struggling with some roster spots, and it was just Williams was kind of the odd man out at the time, so it just kind of worked out. I was going to drop Jamal Williams or Hunter Renfro, uh, and then the stupid Logan voice in the back of my brain was like, man, Hunter Renfro, man, what a sexy motherfucker. He's so good. So I was going to drop Jamal Williams. So I was ecstatic to get the seventh. Uh, yeah, and it- and it is, I feel like a seventh round pick for Jamal Williams on paper is I would probably take the seventh round pick in terms of fantasy value while he's, you yeah. know, running back up to Swift. Um, and he's but, on the fucking Lions for the love of God. But yeah, as well, we saw the Lions to, again, which was amazing. Yeah. When it came down to it too, as you know, I had Damian Pierce was getting a large work workload in Houston, but looking forward to next year in that DP spot, you know, I got one, I got one week left to play in them. So I needed someone serviceable and I wanted to stay competitive and, and I, I think the most important thing about staying competitive in our league also is that with our with our new setup of divisions, um, so like guys who guys who won last year or bought hard last year, their teams are garbage right now. So if I can say I know if I can say towards um, towards the top of my division and be in a division next year with some of the teams that buy this year, uh, I'll set myself up. Uh, pretty well and i feel like i set myself pretty up pretty well with the draft this year and stuff too so just staying competitive and See, still making it enjoyable this, this is this what dude's playing this dude's playing chess yeah playing this chess. is what happened we have the time brothers showing you what it's like to play checkers and just get lucky as balls and then a guy who's manufacturing a fucking marble chess board out of nothing and um, i feel like it's a 16 team 16 team league so it's like if you're not what do you want to call playing chess or like however you want to call it you just got to get extremely lucky so and I, I you know i'd rather it's enjoyable to sit and make moves looking forward and instead of going every year and being shitty because there's nothing worse than looking at a really bad fantasy football team because you just you lose interest in it and that's definitely not what i want so i take offense to just getting lucky in a 16 team league i think that was all skill last year so thank you very much um yeah i mean long term i don't think this <laughs> this is that bad of a trade for dan but it was very funny uh to have this happen to i mean him. it's it's rare that you can call a trade like the the winner like the day after the trade happens but like th- there's nothing i'm going to get for a seventh rounder that will get you know that will equal luke being relevant in his division putting him in the driver's seat in his division I mean, I guess we'll see what if, if he breaks his leg and that you know gets nothing the next two weeks out of his opportunity. Maybe that changes things, but yeah, I, I think and and not to pull this away from Luke, but just briefly to digress onto you, Dan. When you combine like the the humor of b- both Williams going off, Swift getting hurt right after the trade, 
combine that with whatever in the world happened to Sterling Shepard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, at the same time. It's so sad. It's so sad. We should did laugh you, at it because it's actually really Did you bad. watch the injury too? Yes. Oh my He's God. like just lollygagging and like skipping and just drops. Just drops. <laughs> I feel bad that I picked him up. I mean, I feel like I don't – I should just not pick somebody else up this week because they're going to die. I, yeah, but hey, it's funny because I traded Swift in the offseason for this exact reason that I yeah. assume you get hurt eventually, but I just don't, and I don't want anybody on the Lions, and I think it's Jamal Williams that was selling high, so hey, but that to me, that's that's great, great trade for Luke, got a little lucky, but sets himself up, he needed a at least a running back to start, and as shitty as my backs are, I didn't feel like I was going to start him over anybody until Swift got hurt, of course, happens immediately, but um, I want to talk about the next trade. Can we move to the next trade that happened okay. today? Can I can I follow up with Luke a little bit as our yes. guest just with one quick question? Yes. So I totally understand um, what you're saying, and it frankly makes a lot of sense. And I'd like to understand how you navigate the fantasy football in this way because I clearly don't think about it in the same way. But where I'm very confused is – you have your bench right now with Ridley, who won't play all year, Watson, who won't play, Pierce, who you say is going to, you're going to DP. Yep. Um, Michael Gallup, who is injured. Yep. Um, there are buys and, and injuries coming up. And so if you have your entire reserve bench allocated to, no points not playing for whatever reason, and you still want to stay competitive, how are you going to well, navigate? If I can buy those, my, my viewpoint on it is I, I think I talked to Dan about this last week with in terms of Gallup and Pickens. Um, um, I want to just see keep these guys in my roster as long as possible, like Gallup. I want to see what he looks like when that crust gets, gets back. Um, and obviously, really into Sean aren't going anywhere because I'm going to keep them. So if I can keep these guys on as long as possible and see if they are going to be worth a damn, you know, that's fine with me. And I'll just keep playing the roulette at Russian roulette tight end position. You know, I got Tunyon in this week, and I played Robbie Anderson at wide receiver last week. And I feel like if I can keep my core on the field with Brady, Cousins, Chubb, and Bateman, with the vision I look have, I'll be able to beat the teams that are in my league. So, Yeah, I, I think if we're being realistic, like 500 or one game over is probably going to win you the division. So – even if you have some horrible weeks or you, you end up starting like seven guys one week, you know, if that's what it comes down to, you know, whatever. But I think you'll know. The other thing too is, and it, I mentioned this to him the other day, like if he wins the next two weeks because of Jamal Williams or whatever, he might be, he might change his mind. And Matt is going to go up and give out, you give up a first or second round pick, but he could very easily go out and acquire one more player. Yeah. And turn this into a contender if he's sitting at four and one. And that's definitely a possibility because no matter what happens, I will still have Damian Pierce for a 10th rounder. I'll still have uh, Deshaun Watson for a 9th rounder, and I'll, and I'll have Ridley, Ridley for a 12th rounder uh, next year. So, um, but his whole team suspended. <laughs> but like I said, it's 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 so important to win in our in our league in terms of like just 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 the divisional breakdown. I never thought of divi- the divisions and how they're built like the way they are would have so much effect on our fan and on our leagues, but they do. Cause if you look at the guys in my league or my division, I mean, there was like some Yankee Dodger, like buying that happened. Um, 
and then the next year they're they're bad. So if you can get towards the top and play those guys again next year, um, with a good team, you're setting yourself in good position. So that's why it's important. I feel like to stay competitive. Hey, he's letting us in on the chess game here. I love it with the new divisions that are a great idea. I gotta say, Luke's mind is like absolutely like totally messing with me right now between like this level of conversation and the fact that he made about i served as his bookie this weekend made about 15 bets and i just kept telling he just kept telling me numbers and odds and in his brain instantly like was able to calculate like to the penny exactly what he won or lost across all of those bets like I don't know if he fell on his head and turned into Rain Man here or something, but like it no, is really this tricky. is this is the life of not having children like you all. I just sit in front of the TV and watch sports and just listen to podcasts and do all this stuff all day. So it's a little different life for living. Special, <laughs> like special, special Sounds human being. Sounds luxurious. I love it. All right, so Misfits wins two in a row. They go up against Dan this week. We'll see what happens. Right now, it's a close projection game. Hey, Dan, you're you're projected to get triple digits. So hey, not all pro- lost. Projected to win again. There you go. Three. Perfect. All right, I love it. Um, okay, let's go to the the other trade that we had just come down the pipe today. Uh, little Buff Boys gives up their franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think he's their franchise quarterback, uh, and he gets Romeo. I don't know Dubs. Dobbs, who apparently is getting targets, and C.D. Lamb, who, man, he's frustrating. And a third-round pick uh, in 2024, so two years from now uh, from league camp. So I don't know what you guys think. I mean, my my initial thought was great move by Rossman to get younger and uh, take advantage of a, a quarterback who could be up and down, but – Ooh, getting rid of a quarterback. That's scary. I mean, getting younger is not exactly what I would say. Joe Burrow is like 24. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. I think if you evaluate this taking – you can't take – you can never take the keeper situation out of it entirely. But I do think C.D. Lamb what, is worth a second-round pick next year as well um, as Joe Perhaps. Burrow was. So I do think that – helps this trade. When I first thought, I first thought CD Lamb was going to be worth the first last year and that, that struck me. So I, I think though, now that I realize he's a second next year, that helps me feel, feel it a bit. I think if I were him, I would have tried to hold out for a next year pick instead. But uh, I don't know. I think maybe a win-win for both sides. I, I think I'm, I'm just trying to understand, like, I don't, to, to your point that I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't understand why. Yeah, he dropped 127 this week, right? Well, and so it's not like Marquise Brown or Robert Woods or whomever have like are atrocious to acquire a quarter or wide receiver that doesn't have a starting quarterback right now. So it does, and then selling Joe Burrow doesn't feel like a like a move if you're trying to win now. I think you'd want him because you're also selling low on him at the same time, but you're getting good at like like it's a fine trade i just don't i would love to talk to them to understand a little bit about like what do they think they're getting out of it well my 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 when i'm looking at this 
with for league camps, you know, he's giving up Dobbs, who is a good young talent. Lamb, you're probably not keeping for a second rounder, but you're giving up the third rounder to get Burrow. So, I mean, obviously it's good to get Burrow, but when it comes down to it, you're still starting Darrell Henderson, Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson at your running back with, I, I just, it doesn't look like a team that would be top three or four in our league, even with Burrow. So I'm not sure why that third round pick you'd feel comfortable giving. Um, now you are getting Burrow, so it is what it is, but, but maybe, kind of interesting. I mean, maybe he's looking at it in the same way that we were just talking about misfits of, hey, in the shit division, a quarterback or two, maybe I hang around and am there and that's all I actually need. And if that's the, I guess that's the rationale, but. I yeah, and I, I, I do think that if you think about the keeper value, in my opinion, Joe Burrow is going to be kept next year for a second round pick. Luke just mentioned that C.D. Lamb might not be picked, kept for a second-round pick. I mean, that to me is a big difference. If you're guaranteeing this year and next year of Joe Burrow in this league, I mean, think about the quarterbacks who went ahead of Joe Burrow. I know yeah. Joe Burrow was kept for a third this year, but Tom Brady hasn't exactly been great and couldn't retire. Russell Wilson's been terrible. I'm sure there was at least one other, one other quarterback that went before Joe Burrow as a second-rounder next year would go. So I think from that perspective, I, I really like it for camps. But you're also but you, so you're keeping Burrow at your two, but you're also losing your three. So you're basically saying I want the, Joe Burrow, but I'm going to throw away my second and third round pick. The four. three, the, the threes in 2024, though. So oh, 2024. Okay, okay. Yeah. I so I way, though, the, either way, it's not. Agree that the value on paper like that, yeah, I agree that might be a little much. But I also we saw camps go all in last year, and he's looking at his division kind of like you are saying. Why can't I win this year? And then worst case scenario, yeah, yeah. he's got Joe Burrow to start his team over with next year. And I, then, I think he also know. thinks Godwin. He also thinks that he's able to get picks back in that in before the 2024 draft. Yeah, I, totally. I think that's kind of his thinking too. Yeah. Well, and he's got I some good keepers so. already. I mean, he's got some good keepers that, you know, yes, losing that losing that third round pick is tough, but if you just fast forward, like he could have if Elijah Moore develops. He's a super valuable later round pick keeper, and you know I think one or two other guys. Justin Fields is a DP. I know that was a thing for camps as well. Actually, I wanted to call this out with how bad Fields has been. I think he's going to shut Fields down and DP him again um, next year. So I think that also kind of unlocks this, which is why he felt okay so getting, sense. getting rid of Dubs or Dobbs or Dubis. Because um, he, he he was making the decision right right now that that field will be his DP again next year. So and, and if you think that you can replace CD with a healthy Chris Godwin, you it helps too. So I, it's, that's my yeah. point. Is I, I mean get, I, I think get it all around. Like I understand. Sure, whatever. It it just it does like does this feel like this is a game changer? This is going to really propel either of these two teams forward in in a way that like oh now they're you know gonna compete for the championship i, yeah. I just don't know Not, well, nothing wrong with it it's a trade and that's and fun. that's where i think that rossman on the heels of dropping a buck 27 looks up at his division with two teams that shall not need to be named thinking like wow he's got you know 
those guaranteed losses in the future and it's a and it would be a battle. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I just I, I maybe there's not wasn't a lot of positivity out of Rossman. I think he's setting himself up to be the guest next week. Uh maybe he and Camps are uh we, we get them both on um and see how how they were thinking about this trade. But very interesting trade. I can't I asked, tell amongst the four of us yeah. who we think actually won the trade right off the bat, which is maybe well, and I think I think C D across fantasy right now is just a buy low kind of guy right now. Like get him. He's, he's going to be number one with Dak back. He's, he's going to be a target monster all year. Um, and you, you can use these games with Cooper rush, even though he hasn't been terrible with Cooper. Um, use it as leverage to go buy right now. So, I mean, speaking, speaking that's of a great Cooper rush, no, yeah. that's the perfect transition. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> I will let you host. No, you're, you're the host as well. That's right. Thank you for, yeah. for confirming once again. Yeah. Um, I love all of the trades, but do we need to have a conversation about inappropriate uh, <laughs> trade spamming of just absolute bullshit offers? Yes, I think we do. Thank you, um, co-host. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Logan. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't expect it to come up. Uh, we've been getting, I know I've been getting spammed with some Cooper Cooper trade talk straight up. Uh, have you guys been getting trade trade offers? Listen, I'm not going to say who's responsible for this, um, but Tank Clan needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> His exact quote to me after he sent me a Cooper Rush for Aaron Rodgers and waiver money trade was, uh, <laughs> I think it was, LOL, I also sent one to Scott, Cooper Rush for Cooper Cup. Hoping he straight up hope yeah hoping he he gets confused and accepts it or something that was his that was his comment so hey you know talk about playing chess and checkers he's playing fucking Chinese I checkers mean, or something Go I was fish. so excited he he slacked me and said sent you a trade offer let me know your thoughts I was like okay let me take a look and then I wanted to punch my computer. <laughs> I don't. I can't tell if this is Elster like trying to be funny, or does he think he's funny? Or I'm gonna give him a pass on this lovely New Year, uh, big week, lot of, lot of emotion for the Jewish community. Uh, so I'm gonna let that slide. Maybe he's just trying to get a little, you know. Hey, I'll say, I'll say, every fantasy football league needs that one guy. So I'm all for it. <laughs> that one guy, the chosen Perfect. one, the chosen one, if you will. There you go. That is, that's a Jewish joke. No one gets it. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, hey, I, I, I do want to listen. Don't don't tell me I don't get it. I buried it in the most subtle Yom Kippur reference ever earlier on, and there were probably I I, I would be like, give me some credit here. I'm I'm aware culturally right. speaking. Culturally speaking, all right. I got you. I got you. Solid. Uh, uh, before I move off, I do want to just congratulate Rossman and Connor for a great trade. Like. I know we talked about it a lot, but that's a legit fancy football trade right there. Absolutely. And 90% of our trades are like player for a second round pick. Yep. Yeah. So like I, that is that's it's hard to, to see. pull together player for player trades. I think it equally helped and hurt each team both this year and in the future. <laughs> yes. Basically we have no freaking clue what it means, uh, but it'll be fun to rip on uh, who gave yeah. up the pick. It'll be fun to rip on whoever gave up the pick in two years when we can remember 
that, oh, you idiot, you gave it up for, you know, the best Chris young quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, but, you know. I, I think I should, like, correct. My tone, I think, probably made it seem like I didn't, like, appreciate the, that trade because I was, like, a little confused by, like, the purpose. But I totally agree, Scott. Like, that's fun. And that's awesome, no, that's awesome. that they're doing that. And I do agree as well, Dan, like, in – 2024 when all of a sudden we get to the third round and he's like wait what the hell happened to my pick and we all <laughs> laugh at him when he made that trade that did nothing for anyone and lost it it's gonna be a great time he, so he has go. that issue he has that issue in 2023 too because he gave up a first rounder to blue 32 next year that's brilliant <laughs> well, he must be a gambler I, I think i think he's all in for vegas at this rate i think camps is all in for vegas he's throwing those chips around and trying to make some shit happen. Speaking Which, of Vegas, we, we should got go. some positive, positive vibes. Did we not? Well, from everyone, but Dan, film, well, it's yeah. not that I'm not trying to be positive. I'm just, there are other options, right? I mean, no one even wants not to really. throw out another option than Vegas. I mean, you, you didn't throw out another option. I mean, I can throw things out. I just don't know that there'll be more that I would think would be a good time, but I just don't think that they're, likely to be more accessible. The thing, the thing about Vegas is if you go to like New York or Chicago, you, there's nothing to do to just like walk around and hang out. Like that's not a thing you do. So I mean, that's you're why afraid Vegas of so you're special. afraid of gambling. Just table, no, tables. No. It's just so easy to go walk around and hang out and grab a drink and do nothing versus like Chicago when you're like, okay, well, I'll meet at this bar. And then we have reservations at this restaurant. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah, that, that, I agree that that sounds terrible. I mean, I think to that, like, I, some of my favorite parts and times in Vegas are literally just like walking into Walgreens and buying like one of those giant ass beers or whatever. White claws. Yes. And then just like cracking it open and just like walking around and just, looking at shit and then when you run out get another and we'll see if that's great in august i don't know it is it will it's pretty be hot there august yeah i mean i i don't know i think i i think i mentally have i don't know if it's age or just that just sounds exhausting to me but you know <laughs> I, 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 in all honesty again here's the thing about vegas if that sounds exhausting to you Go lay by the pool and don't move for three days. No, trust you know, like you, it's, it's, it's everybody knows that I'm going forever. wherever the fuck we go. We go to you know Omaha, you know, and I'm I'm gonna be there as, as best I can. So it's all good. Rossman and I already have a tea time, so you know we'll be we'll be fine. Don't um, worry, everyone. We're not going to Omaha. That's not on the list. <laughs> That's my one idea. Um, what are you talking about? I did want to get to one other topic. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, I've actually heard Omaha is relatively nice. I don't recommend it, but I oh, Omaha's fine. I don't want to shit on Omaha it's... for no reason in case we have any listeners in the great we can state. shit in Omaha. Kansas? <laughs> Speaking of Omaha, I'm going to the Creighton soccer game tomorrow. Wow. If anyone cares. Nice. <laughs> Omaha. My parents lived there for a year and a half. Nice city. Uh, not a lot to do with uh, 16 people trying to have fun and do a fantasy football draft. Though. It'd be cheaper. Tell you it that would much. be a lot cheaper. Uh, but no, Logan's going to get us comp room suites. That's at, true. Uh, Everything's free, so that's awesome. He's flying us all out there, too. Yeah. Great. Sign this I'm just glad. 
I'm just glad that was confirmed. Okay. Hey, hey, some of the some of our fine league members have got to enjoy the perks of of, of Vegas even briefly. So even briefly. We'll see. We'll see. Even briefly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, or I'm gonna I'm gonna punch the computer again. Uh before this becomes an hour and a half episode, I did want to get to one other topic, which is the divisions. And I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are, because obviously division four is the best not to blow smoke up their ass, but like blue 32's points against is three eighty three. Like poor, <laughs> that's poor, that's poor guy. <laughs> like, damn. Uh, he must be so happy to be in week four. Uh, but I'm, yes, it's like, it's mismatched a little bit, but I'm curious if like, we're going to have some fun races because I think within the divisions, it's actually pretty competitive. That's well, what I'm seeing. And I think it's how do you define what the best is? Like, yes, I think NWO is currently the best team in the league. Krapai is debatable, two, three, depending on how you feel about a couple other teams that just had not great weeks. But Division Three has arguably four contenders in it. It's true. Which, to me, from top to bottom, is the best division because you have – Blue 32, who's out of it, uh, essentially. And Little Buff Boys, who we just talked about, which probably got a little bit worse. I mean, after training Joe Burrow, who who still should be a really good quarterback this year. So I feel like Division 3 is actually the best division, even though the best team is in Division 4. Lucas? Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with you. That's kind of what I'm looking at here, too. Um all four of those teams in division three can, can field a field a pretty competent roster every game. I think so. if we were ranking the divisions, division two is probably in last place. Yeah. We're, uh, division I say two that is lightly definitely as an Owen three team in a not very good division one. No, but, the, but yeah. again, is that quality or is that like the, excitement? Well, the thing like, of division two, which, which is exciting to me is like, I, like most of us, I think three that. of the four between camps, green hell, myself we kind of have four like four pieces to our team that we we can plug in and, and get points from every week um you know green hell's got i mean davis mills whatever Najee harris Devonte adams Najoku if he keeps doing what he's doing league camps has burrow sutton waller and then you know i got brady cousins chubb um jamal williams jamal williams and then Ju tang is well he's got my thing with Ju tang is is he gonna have a quarterback in a couple weeks because if the seahawks <laughs> keep losing they're gonna probably call drew lock out of the bullpen and they're looking and he's got gino ritter and rush with that coming back and then we're looking at tyler algiar Eno benjamin richard white and Dontrell hillard as running backs <laughs> So I don't think you can offend Elster by saying that he's he's not going to be in this race long term. Yeah, can uh, we, so can we have a can we just make like a podcast tradition that once a week we just read his roster just so we can laugh. <laughs> to try to pronounce his name the names. Well, we can read the names. Read the names, and you can decide if you want to read the first name first or the last name first, and then you have to figure out which act you want, which is the right way. Dude, I like I pride myself on like knowing a lot about football and I just, I love football and I had to like, I saw John Trill Hilliard's name and I'm like, Holy shit. I might not know who that guy is. And I, <laughs> I had to actually Google who he was. See the, the funny thing is blue 32 is just as bad, but they're just 
the most boring players that we all know. And we all know they suck. Yeah. But they've been around for like 10 years. Like Leonard Fournette, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis. Like, oh. I, I do want to point out Lebeau 32. I mean, maybe just because I have a soft spot for Brian. But when you have Eckler, Fournette, and Brees Hall as your three running backs in a 16-team league, like, you have to feel like that's a good team. Oh, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, you have to – like, if you were talking to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, like the best best – running back groups in the league, that's probably one of the, the top five or six, honestly. But how shitty does the rest of your team have to be if those are your three running backs? Well, that's so. the problem. That's the problem, I think, in our league. And I, I think back to the draft day podcast when I was driving up north and I was calling Logan, getting all mad about everything. Um, that's, it just shows, and I think Scott made the blueprint last year, how important it is to have quarterbacks that are somewhat decent. Because on a regular basis, those quarterbacks can get you are going to get you your nine to 10 points, no matter what Um, you're not going to have weeks from, you know, Leonard Fournette who gets you your five or six, like you're going to get constant consistency. So, I mean, obviously it's nice having those three backs, but you're, you're, when you're getting those three backs, especially in our league, if you're not keeping them, you're spending some high picks on that, which takes away from, as we know how important the quarterback and especially the tight end position is um, in our league. So on the, on the division front though, and Scott, can you like help me understand a little bit? I know this year, because it was kind of a new start, it was just top eight finishers, bottom eight finishers. And that's kind of a little bit of how we got to the, these weird imbalances along the way because of the buying and selling. But it's not going forward. It's not just top eight, bottom eight, correct? Correct. So I feel like um, that I don't. I mean, maybe the, if you can help me understand a little so bit. The Way bottom, more confusing than that. The bottom four teams of the Premier Conference will be relegated to the Champions Conference, regardless of division. I think um, is how we had it set up. Oh, that's not as confusing as I thought. I think so. Then the top sense, four of champions moves up. So I basically, what I guess what I'm thinking is, like, it feels to me like the extremes of this year based on a pure top eight bottom eight will will probably level out to some degree next year when it's not a pull like a full eight, and eight. or am I naive in thinking that's a general question because it like you're gonna leave some of the really good teams up but there could be a couple really good teams that stay down or move up and so it's it's not gonna be too yeah, the extremes. Well, and I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with just because, I mean, if you're going to be really good this year and you're going to buy a lot this year, I mean, odds are you're going to be pretty bad next year. So it'll be interesting to see the correlation moving forward and what that what it's going to look like. Yeah, Logan, to your point, sense. I mean, there's a chance that Scott and I both get relegated, which, I mean, Scott just won the league last year. Like, I've had some success in recent years. Like, I feel like our teams will come back and we will then earn our way back up in a year or two. Right. So, you know, and and we'll, we'll be right there. So I don't, I agree that the imbalance isn't going to be like this. I mean, looking at blue 32 again, not to spend time on maybe the worst team in the league, but he went up against, and was it, was it Craig first, then NWO, then Buff, whatever the order was, every team scored 120, 130 points. That's not going to happen. Very consistent. 127, 128, 127. That's incredible. That hurts. I mean, we all know now through three weeks that those scores are the best in the league. 
So I think that is a little bit because I'm just looking at his team, and yes, he's got some shitty players. He's the second lowest point total, I think, too. So I, I good, think there was good there time was, to spend low or score low. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, yes, he's got one quarterback, and if, but if you take out the fact that Mac Jones didn't just get hurt, if Mac Jones was healthy, I do think this roster's not horrendous going forward. I, honestly, I think it's significantly better than Jutang Clan when you look at the the running backs, and then even even at least some optionality at wide receiver. So I don't think it's the worst team I, you could ever no, see. But no. um, he's going to need some help out of the Rams defense. Let's put it that way. He's going to need the Rams defense to score him some 20, 30-point weeks. Well, there you have it. Can we, can, can we just wish a fond farewell to our, our favorite friend, Freelancers, though, as he died in Survivor? Oh, you're right. He did. Thank you for, for bringing that up. And, you know, speaking of freelancers, uh, the Dynasty Time podcast is brought to you by the Wauwatosa School District. <laughs> the fall winter theater season is upon us. And, you know, Tosa West students will kick off the year with their performance of Susical the Musical <laughs> on November 4th at 7 p.m. <laughs> Tickets do go on sale in a couple weeks. So get your fingers ready on the on the mouse to click they go on sale october 12th hashtag tosa proud <laughs> uh but yes freelancers is out of the survivor uh nwo obviously gets immunity once again um scott if, if you if you choose not to like you have no choice but to take your wonderful wife and children up to Wauwatosa now. <laughs> to see long, musical the musical. Musical the musical. As long as someone asks Lance why I'm giving my kids salt water, that's all I want to know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need some clarification on that one. We'll we'll have him read it the right way or allegedly the right. I don't know why we keep bringing up Lance. This is a sponsor. Oh yeah, oh a sponsor. Okay, I mean we we're we're a poor fantasy football league. The uh, the marketing budget at good old Wauwatosa School District (laughs) is really struggling. Reaching out to our nine viewers. (laughs) Anyway, uh, anything else from anyone? Otherwise, I think uh, I think we've covered it. Just real quick, pointing out the points again. Only three teams scored over 100, uh, and maybe one more scored over 90. So that would mean 12 teams scored less than 90 points. So uh, I won't call this out every week, but, yeah, that's that's some serious low scoring. Has, has anyone, as you're looking at the points thing, scored over 100, like, consistency all three weeks? Nope, not that I see. I haven't seen that, no. Okay, I haven't looked. I was just curious if that's like a baseline that we can use to judge if someone's really good or not. Nope, maybe next year. Okay, I'll take a look too, just to check, but sounds good. Okay, you can come back to us next week. Uh, Luke, really uh, enjoyed having you on the podcast. We'd love to have you come back sometime. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. I listen every week. Uh, A lot of of laughs. Every once in a while, I get a little mad and call Logan, but usually it's all good. Hey, we're we're not a good podcast if we're not pissing people off, right? Of course. When Bobby uh, well, was shitting all over his Tom Brady pick I, after the draft pod, he was so pissed off. 
Good. So great. Uh, well, we'll... I call Logan. I'm like, who is this Bobby guy? <laughs> Bobby, no, Bobby had some all opinions good. all of a sudden. It's all good. It's great. Uh, we'll see you next week. Well, somebody will see you next week. I might be gone and murdered at that point um, after after a trip this weekend. But good luck to everybody in week four, and uh, we'll see you then. All right. See you guys. Bye.